Welcome to the HEHI podcast. When you look at the Fortune 500 companies, only 14 of the 500 CEOs are women. That is an astoundingly bad number. One of these 14 extraordinary leaders is Jane Gison, who happens to be with us today in the studio talking about leadership and talking about the importance of women leaders in business, in health, around the globe. Jane is the CEO of Trip.com, formerly Ctrip International, a leading online international travel service provider. For three years in a row, Jane has been named as one of Fortune's top 50 business women leaders in the world. And it is indeed an honor and a privilege to have Jane here. Jane, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So Jane, I'd love it if you could just introduce everybody to yourself a bit, talk about the extraordinary journey that you've been on, um, culminating in this extraordinary leadership role you have today as the CEO of Trip.com. So if you could just start with, how did you get here? How, what, what is the journey that you've taken? Mm, thank you. Um, I always feel I'm very blessed for the opportunities for our generation. Uh, I was born in Shanghai and went to Peking University Law School. Uh, when I was in sophomore year, Deng Xiaoping opened the door for China. So I joined the first batch of the Chinese students, which is only 3,000 of them, hmm. to come to the States to study. And at that time, China was very poor. My parents were both engineers for chemistry, uh, but they only made 100 RMB per month, which is equivalent to $15 per month. So I had to work in the restaurant as a waitress, making $3 per hour wow. to make my tuitions. Yeah. So after I submit my tuition, I was penniless. But my professor's family were very, very kind to me. They took me in and treated me as their own daughter. Um, so as a good Chinese kid, the Confucian's teaching has always been when you're young, you, your parents take good care of you. But when your parents are older, you are supposed to take good care of your parents. So I told my professor's family that when I'm older, when I'm able to, I wanted to take good care of them. But they told me that, oh, honey, you don't need to take good care of us. But instead, when you see international students who work so hard like you, if you can help them in the same way as we help you, we'll be very happy. So I was very, very touched. Uh, although I was penniless, uh, at that time, I always had a big dream that someday, if I'm able to, I want to establish a scholarship named after them uh, and help the students like me hmm. uh, in, in global places. So I was very glad in 2016, I was able to go back to University of Florida to establish a scholarship named after my professor. Hmm. Um, uh, what they taught me really uh, changed my life. Uh, so I always thought much is given, uh, much is expected. Uh, so after my graduation, I went to work in the Silicon Valley. Hmm. And my husband joined Yahoo before their IPO in 1996. And in 2000, uh, we got a phone call from a very good friend of ours 
from a very small company called Alibaba. So Zhang joined Jack Ma as their first CTO in two thousand, and in two thousand and five, our board, Citra Board, is also looking for a CFO. Uh, so I was very blessed again for the opportunity to become the CFO of Ctrip, and uh, when I was a CFO, I was also, you know, running a lot of other things because the company was growing so fast. Mm. Uh, so whatever it takes to um, make the company move faster, I just jump in and fix it. Uh, so a few years later, I became the COO of the company. And then I was also leading a lot of uh, discussion in the global places with our global partners. So then I became the co-president and later on the CEO of Ctrip. So through my journey, I always feel I'm so blessed for all the good opportunities I had, and I very much like to uh, build the path. For the next generation of the leadership, so the young people can have a better opportunity when they grow their career, they will be very successful. So there are so many parts of that story that I want to spend a little more time on. One is the theme that has been apparent throughout your whole life of giving back to the next generation. Sounds like a lot of that comes from the professors that you stayed with in Florida who said, "If you want to." Pay us back. Pay it forward to the next generation. That's right. Um, talk a, b- a little bit about your experience in Silicon Valley. That is a—it's obviously the tech mecca of America, and of course, people in Silicon Valley mm. believe that they're the tech mecca of the world. Mm. Um, it's also a very male-dominated culture, mm. and there have been very important issues raised about gender and gender equity in, mm. in Silicon Valley. Mm. Um, you were there at. Sort of the heyday, where it was very, very. There was a lot of excitement. There、right. was a lot of talent coming in, a lot of money.、Right. What was your experience like? Just in general, what was your experience like in Silicon Valley? And then,、mm-hmm. what about as a rising woman leader? How did you feel Silicon Valley、mm-hmm. was as an environment for supporting you and others like you?、Mm. I moved to the Silicon Valley in 1993. At that time, we have Netscape,、uh, Yahoo. Uh, AOL or rising,、uh, we saw how strong the technology is to change the world,、um, and we had so many engineering friends which predicted in the next ten to fifteen years, information superhighway will take over.、Uh, instead of having hard copy of the books, we'll have electronic books. And and at that time when we talk about these, it's like a dream, right? Nobody will believe in this story. But later on, ten years later, Amazon had yeah,、um, all the electronic book,、uh, cell phone, app take over the world. Everything make life much easier, more efficient.、Uh, so I feel the power of the technology, how it's going to、uh, lead us forward. So when we Went back to China. I became very few、um, CEO in the high tech industry.、Um, but I look at the universities.、Uh, half of the population in the universities are female students. Yes. So they're just very smart.、Uh, but why female 
study so hard, getting such a good grades, when they move into working space, uh, there are very few female leaders in high in tech industry. So for C-Trip, we try very hard to cultivate the female leaderships. Mm. So for example, when we uh, the females are pregnant, we give them taxi for free. When they come back to work, we offer flexible working hours. Mm. We give their baby eight hundred as a gift, three thousand as education fee, and now we realize more and more females are getting their PhDs, master degrees. Some of them studies abroad. When they come back to uh, China, uh, females have a biological clock. Their birth period. Is shortened. So how are we going to solve that? Instead of, uh, you know, having them to struggle between uh, work and life and whether to start a family, when to start a family, we offer this policy that if the females uh, wanted to have their eggs frozen, C T R P will pay for it. And we are the number one company, the only high tech company who offer this policy, which is very progressive. So, can you talk about all of these, whether it's the taxis for workers who are pregnant, women who are pregnant, to gifts for the for the baby, to the policies around eggs? Um, why why did you do all of this? What's mm. what has motivated you? And then, what's the reaction been、mm. from others? Yeah. So, for the, for example, the policy for、uh, having the eggs frozen and will pay for the fee,、uh, we got lots of support from C Trip female employees. Yeah. But there is also questions、mm. on our policy.、Uh, so I had to stand up. To let people know, this is a good option、uh, for female employees.、Yeah. If you like it, you can take it. Fully utilize the strengths of technology to give females more flexibility, take away the pressure from timing perspective.、Yeah. But if you don't like it, it's an option. You don't have to take it.、Uh, so that is very welcomed by the female employees, female leaders within our company,、mm. and I hope more companies will offer、uh, more flexible、uh, policies to their female workers. And I also want to share my thoughts on the how important it is to have a female. Representatives on the board or on the executive team.、Mm. One time we have offsite meetings, and one of the employees who were going to join us for the meetings just to give birth to her baby. And as a working mother, I know how important for the breastfeeding process is for the baby.、Mm. So I offer to her that she can bring her baby with us. And during the meeting break, she can run to her room, baby, you know, breastfeed her baby, and come back again. And her, she was very appreciative because I knew if she stopped breastfeeding her baby even for one day, her milk will be、mm-hmm. gone in the very next day. It didn't take us too much efforts to give her this nice offer, but it helped her baby, help her family, help her. And that employee probably has the strongest loyalty to the company. Yes.、Um, but if I'm not 
a working mother, um, very few employee have the courage to come to the CEO mm -hmm. and says, can I bring my baby, yeah. right? So having a representative on the senior leadership team or at the board level, making sure these female-specific uh, issues are very well addressed, it's very good for the company. Mm. You retain the employees, motivate them, and they're very loyal to the company. The turnover rate is reduced, mm -hmm. and employees develop this commitment to the company. So it's a win-win strategy. That's why I feel it is so important to encourage our female workers to take up the leadership and also make it aware uh, to many companies that it's important to have the appropriate representation at executive level, at board level, to have female leaders there. Mm. And certainly you have done that at C-Trip with the board at the, and the senior leadership. But I would love it if you would talk about your experience when you are in meetings with other CEOs. Mm. Because in the tech industry, mm. China, in America, there aren't that many women CEOs. Mm. I mean, I started off with saying that only 14 of the 500 largest companies are run by women. In the tech industry, it's a very low number. Very I bet you probably find yourself in meetings where you're the only woman mm. CEO in the mm. room. What is that experience like? And, and how does that shape your desire mm. to, to help promote the next generation of women? Mm. Yeah, so when I become the CFO of the company, I remember we went to visit uh, some uh, business partners in other Asian countries. And when I walk into the boardroom, uh, people just thought I was a secretary uh, of uh, our chairman. They turned around, they didn't even shake my hand. Um, so, wow. so when I was introduced to them, I was the CFO of the company, the other side feels very bad because they didn't intentionally try to hurt me. Mm -hmm. It's just in their mind, a C-suite officer has to be a male. So sometimes it gets a little lonely. Um, but when I look at my children, my daughters, look at the university's composition, 50% are females. They are just as intelligent as boys, students. They are just as hardworking as the male uh, students. Uh, so that is very important for me on one hand to encourage them on the individual level mm -hmm. to step out from their comfort zone, be very uh, positive about taking leadership role. But as an executive, also it's important for us to put in the infrastructure and a policy to cultivate the female leadership. So through our concerted efforts in CTRIP, we have more than 50% workforce uh, in high tech as females, mm. more than 40% middle managers are females, and more than one third of the executives are females. Mm. And that number is uh, even higher or better than the Silicon Valley companies, yeah. which I feel very proud of. Yeah. And going forward, I think there are still more things we can do. Um, a lot of uh, leaders, a male and a female, bring different strengths to the team. Um, females are very good with team building. 
they are good with putting themselves in the shoes of the other side and strive for a win-win strategy, uh, very good with communication and willing to make a personal sacrifice uh, for the best interest of the team. These are beautiful strengths a female leader can bring to mm. the team. So if we can bring the strengths of male leaders as well as female leaders into a team, our organization will become stronger. Uh, so that's what I'm hoping for and working very hard towards. Yeah. And are you seeing other companies either in the tech industry or outside of the tech industry adapt and adopt some of your policies? Are they seeing, because if you're able to attract and retain top talent, not just women, but men too, mm -hmm. who want to be in an environment that's supportive, mm -hmm. are you seeing this happening with other companies now as well in China or elsewhere who are also trying to create more women-friendly, family-friendly policies like the one you describe? Mm. I think uh, we are hoping that uh, CCIP can take the leadership uh, to establish a good uh, role model for the other companies. Um, but again, if the senior leadership team is uh, female-less, a lot of issues is not made aware to the leadership team. So very uh, few leaders will realize there is an issue even yeah. like the breastfeeding situation. Um, if I was not a working mother, I didn't even well realize there is an issue there. And as an employee, I encourage them to step up and ask for the support. But again, very few employees will have the courage to talk to the CEO and ask the permission to yes. bring the baby with them yes. for off-site meeting. So I think it takes both sides on the leadership team. If we can equip the leadership team with the representative from a working mother level, a female leadership level, that will make the leadership team be more aware of these issues. On individual level, um, females also need to be a little bit braver, assertive, mm. and go out of their comfort zone to ask what they need to support their work. Mm. Uh, One of the things that we often say, and the story you bring up really is a, of the of the woman, the mother who asked you about the uh, about the baby, is it the reason for diversity? There are many reasons for having diverse leadership, men, women, people from different backgrounds, is that when you're managing a complex organization with many different types of workers, mm -hmm. it's very hard to do that if all the leaders look like one thing. Mm -hmm. If all the leaders are just older men, yeah. then their ability to understand mm -hmm. the needs and talents and capabilities of the workforce mm -hmm. is going to be very limited. Mm -hmm. And this is a great example of sure. the importance of having women Again, there are many reasons it's important to have women in leadership, but one of them certainly is mm -hmm. that they're going to have a much broader understanding of what women's experiences are like in that company. Absolutely, absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit about the fellowship, the Harvard Jane G. Sun Lead Fellows mm -hmm. for this year. Mm -hmm. So a couple of years ago, as you know, because you've been so supportive of this, the Harvard Global Health Institute decided um, we really needed to promote more women in mm -hmm. global health. And of course, we picked global health because that's our area mm -hmm. and that's where we focus. Mm -hmm. And went through a process of launching a new fellowship. 
and our first class arrived a month ago, and you had a chance to meet with right. very many impressive of them. individuals. So tell me about why you decided to support women leadership in global health, which is not your, your primary area mm-hmm. of focus. Your mm-hmm. primary area has, of course, been around technology, around mm-hmm. travel. So why why do you think it's important to support sure. in, in global health, it's, uh, which is a different area than where you focused your sure. career? Sure. Um, there are a couple of reasons why I wanted to make a positive contribution for this wonderful program. The first reason is the Confucian's teaching is always when you help a boy, you help one person. But when you help a girl, you help the whole family, the whole community, mm. maybe the whole country and the whole world. So again, I think I have this uh, uh, female leadership in healthcare is very important. The second thing is, again, for me, I also want to come out from my comfort zone. Uh, I mean the travel in high-tech, uh, high which these are the two familiar areas for me. But healthcare is not my area. However, through this program, I hope we can reach out to build the basic foundation for females uh, to strengthen the health foundation. I read the book by Melinda Gates. She and Bill Gates have put so much effort in Africa. A lot of issues as a Chinese were not, we didn't realize Mm -hmm. it is so, so bad. Mm -hmm. So um, in order to have female leadership, before we can have leadership, health is probably a more universal issue than anything else. So I when when I saw this program, I thought it's a, such a wonderful program, uh, universally uh, acknowledged by anyone, everyone in the world. And the third thing is we in different countries, in different regions, whether you are from China, from USA, from Africa, from India, anywhere, we need to stress our common interest, Mm -hmm. our shared interest, and respect each other's difference. If we can maximize our shared interest, gradually we can unite the world much better. Mm. And I feel that health is a topic that is not political, but good for everyone. Um, people from all age need to be healthy. People from all countries need to be healthy. So if we use public health as a venue, to as a mean to link people together, uh, we can maximize our shared interest. Yeah. I think you and I have talked about during this time of difficulty between the U.S. and China from our political leaders and, and tensions and around trade, um, health is one of the things that really brings us together. Right. The long-term interests of, I think, both of our countries, both China and America, are served by the countries working more closely together in the long run. At least I believe that. Right. And health is a great way for us to enter into that conversation because right. it is very neutral. I, I think your point about how when we even look at the lead fellows for the four countries they're from, but you also think about U.S., China, I completely agree that that we have so much more in common than we have that are different. Mm -hmm. And yet I think that is the promise of global health is that it brings everybody together. Um, Often we end up, I think, focusing on the differences, Mm -hmm. but the similarities are are much more powerful. Mm -hmm. So when you think about 
your own career in technology, in travel, when you think about the lead fellows that you met today who are in global public health, do you think women face a particularly different set of challenges for leadership than men do? And, and what are they and how do we tackle them? Mm. What can we do, mm. all of us, mm. to work on reducing those barriers? Mm. Uh, I think the stereotype challenges need to be addressed at different level. Uh, as an executive, my challenge will be to put in place the policies and the structures which treat females equally uh, with the male uh, workers. Uh, so to have a pregnancy-friendly policy, to have flexible working hours, to have um, uh, supporting uh, mother-baby uh, working uh, together policy is very, very important as an executive. But on the individual level, as female, we also can do more, mm. right? So a lot of time I encourage my director report to go through the promotion process. Uh, a lot of time at year end, the people who come to my office asking for promotion are male director reports. They will tell me this year I did this and that. I'm up for a promotion or for a raise. On the contrary, when I talk to some of my reports, uh, female reports, and I encourage them to go through the promotion process, a lot of them will tell me, well, Sichupa already gave me so much opportunity. I need to work harder. I don't think I am ready yet. Mm. Right. So I'm respectful for their choice. But uh, again, I think when you are ready, you also need to uh, have the courage to walk out from your comfort zone and step up, be willing to take on extra responsibility. Uh, so that's something on the individual level we need to encourage our new generation mm. to be brave enough to step out and step up to take on additional responsibility. So let's talk about that new generation. You have two daughters. Mm -hmm. When you think about their future, mm -hmm. Are you optimistic that they're going to have fewer barriers mm -hmm. and that the kinds of stereotypes you describe, they will have to face less of that and they will be in better position? Are you optimistic about the future in terms of women and uh, especially as you think about your daughters? And by the way, I have two daughters. And so I, this is a personal question for me, too. I yeah. often think about this. Yeah, I'm uh, very positive about their future. I think the new generation is uh, very well educated. Uh, they are standing on the shoulder of the first generation. They will do very well. And technology made it possible, mm. right? In the old days, after you become uh, 40 years old, it's very difficult for you to have kids uh, after 40 years old. But now the technology enables you to have different options. You can have your eggs freeze, you have different options. Um, so they will uh, be, technology will enable them uh, to alleviate a lot of pressure from mm. a timing perspective, from workload perspective. Another thing, when I was uh, starting my work, computer was very big, heavy. In order to work over time, you had to stay in your office to do your 
overtime work. But now with my cell phone, with iPad, you can work anywhere, any places. So what I do is, if I'm not traveling, I try to go to work very early in the morning. Seven o'clock, seven thirty. I'm already in the office. I think we、I、had、work. breakfast in your office early in the morning. Yes, in yes, that was good. <laughs> yeah. So at seven in the evening, I pack up all my work and bring it, bring it to my home. I try to spend two hours with my family having dinner.、Um, when they were young, I read stories to them. Now I help them a little bit with their homework,、um, and then at nine o'clock when they go to bed, U.S. market opens, European market is still in session, so I, my overseas call is scheduled、uh, in the evening. So technology enable me to work anywhere at any time.、Mm. Uh, so again, I think.、Uh, The new generation will find ways to do that, and probably in the future, you know, Citrip made investment in supersonic plane.、Uh, coming from Shanghai to New York now takes about fourteen hours. In the future, might only take four hours, five hours, right? And that will make work much more efficient. Yes.、Uh, so I'm always optimistic、uh, yeah. towards the future generation. And you have. Um, both seen it and lived the change、mm-hmm. of Silicon Valley in the '90s, remarkable transition to China around 2000,、mm-hmm. and the incredible growth of China over the、mm-hmm. last 20 years.、Mm-hmm. And now, I think thinking into the future about the role of of women leaders. Any last-minute thoughts about what institutions like Harvard can do? You、mm-hmm. know, I、uh, have been at Harvard my entire career. And have also seen what I think is real progress on the issue of gender equity, but progress in the context of we still have a long way to go.、Mm. I mean, only fourteen of the five hundred、mm. Fortune five hundred companies have women CEOs.、Mm-hmm. I think we really need to get to two hundred fifty, three hundred. I mean, just much more gender equity. What advice would you give universities? What advice would you give Harvard? What advice would you give me、mm. to push forward on making sure that we have More gender equity across all fields,、mm. and that the next for the next generation there are more women in leadership positions、mm. than there was in the last generation.、Mm. Yeah, I think to make、uh, male and female totally equal will take many generations hard work to get there. But as a leadership team, understand some differences、uh, between male and female is important. To give you an example, I read. Uh, some statistics: When、uh, advertisement for a position is posted, normally when a male can tick five criteria out of ten, they will apply for a job. Versus female, they have to feel they qualify for all ten、okay. items、mm-hmm. to apply. So behavioral, as a leader, you will under- if you see this is the difference. A female is more. Conservative sometimes in applying for a promotion or applying for a job. So I always think as a leader, we need to encourage them more.、Uh, only then they can be put in the、uh, leadership role, and only then they can voice、uh, for the similar females、uh, they want to grow.、Hmm. I think that probably will be very good to、uh, encourage the female leadership. And sounds like you've been doing that quite actively at Sea Trip. So, Jane, I want to say、uh, thank you for 
being an incredible role model for your leadership through your company and for your support of other women. I think it is not just good for gender equity, which it is, but I think it makes the world a better place Thank you. for all of us. Thank so you. really appreciate your leadership and really appreciate your time today. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm learning every day and I enjoy learning from all the fellows from the LEADS program. Uh, let's work together to make the world a better place every day. Great. Thank, Thank you.